Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode 49 of Jacques Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor, joined by my boy Big Joe in the Big Rig, Joe Hartfield. What's up, dog? What up? You're a little slow on the trigger, man. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. A little technical difficulty right, right now. What oh, up? Well, you know I know all about that. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I have mostly most of the time when we have them on my side of the uh, of the deal. Um, so we hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as we go through a relaxed edition of uh, Jacques Talk. Uh, understand that uh, I'm a little groggy this morning. Uh, I'm, I might have to change my philosophy. I've been uh, I've been a guy because I like to think, because I try to eat right most of the time, because I try to work out. I don't get sick very often. And when I do feel a little something coming on, I am what's known as the overmedicator. You know, I take everything and I try to stop it in its, in, before it gets started, kill it in its midst. So part of that is I started feeling something a certain way yesterday when I got back from uh, the Cowboys. And I was just like, you know what? Let's go into prevention mode. And so I took some medicine, did some other things. And then, dog, I took some NyQuil before I went to bed, which is fine. NyQuil works. Works great. But I've been noticing, man, NyQuil had me feeling groggy as hell in the morning when I wake up. And I'm usually a guy who wakes up fresh, ready to attack the world, and I just be like... I don't know. If my energy level is high, but I feel like I'm dragging because of NyQuil. And that's just, it's been doing me like this for the last two or three times I've taken it. So I may have to come up with something else. Maybe I just take DayQuil at night and go to sleep normally. But I can't be feeling like, like uh, this lethargy that I got. Uh, that being said, I feel great. I just feel a little like I'm moving in slow motion. Do I sound like I'm talking in slow motion? Nah, you rambling, but no, not talking in slow motion. Oh, well, maybe that's part of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, we always like to tell you that if you're ever involved in an accident and it's not your fault, and it doesn't have to be a car accident. It could be medical malpractice. You could be at a business somewhere. If you're hurt because of somebody else's negligence, what you need to do, and you're in trouble if this ain't already in your phone, is call 972-934-8900. That's the green team, green law. You just say, hey, here's the, here's the details of my situation. What's up? And they'll ask you a few questions, and you'll say, yo, here's what happened. And then I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. No cap. Great day for you. Because they will walk you through what can be this long, intimidating, frustrating, tedious process, which is what you would expect. Anytime you're fighting somebody else's insurance company, they want to win, you want to win. But you got Green and Law right riding with you. And that's what you want because I'm telling you, you need somebody to tell you when to turn left or when to turn right or when to walk straight or when to hold tight or when to back up. They do all of that. 
is, you know, I like to say they answer questions. Check this out that you didn't even know you were supposed to ask. And they already provide you an answer. Uh, you need a doctor. They can hook you up with one. You need a specialist. They can take care of that. That's what they do. So if you're ever involved in an accident, man, um, give them a call. 972-934-8900. And check this out. They don't get paid unless you get paid. All right? Nothing. They don't get paid anything unless you get paid. So you don't have to sit around and wonder where you fit in on their priority list. You're at the top, number one, numero uno, because they don't get paid unless you get paid. It's a good situation for you. It's a good situation for them. It's a win-win. And that's why Greening Law, if you've been involved in an accident, accident and somebody else's negligence has caused you some injury, you need to give them a call. 972-934-8900. Let's give my boy Clarence E. Hill Jr., at the Fort Worth Star Telegram a call, man, and see what he thinks about the Cowboys matchup with the Detroit Lions on Saturday, not Sunday. Hello. Yo, what's up, man? What's happening with you this morning? Oh, we uh, we we doing pretty good. I'm a little groggy from my Nyquil, but this is uh, Clarence E. Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star Telegram, the longest tenured beat writer in Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, he's brought to you each and every Friday by my friends over there at Smokey John's Barbecue, home of the Jam Session Bowl. And Joe, the E stands for what? Ever present in the DFW community. There you go. There you go. See, I, <laughs> hey man, hey I don't I don't script this stuff. I just think about it. I'm gonna tell you, you do a lot of good work in the community, and I appreciate it. Uh, he's, good man. Uh, he's been having toy drive, coat drive at uh, Ella B's um, each and every Thursday, and we should probably do it like this because I don't normally talk about it because the show broadcasts after the event. But I guess if I told y'all today, you could make a date for next Thursday or the Thursday after that or the Thursday after that. To come on out to LBs in Arlington, where the catfish is fantastic. The uh, are we calling them sweet potatoes or yams? Whatever they are, either one, they're fantastic. The food is great. That's real talk. Uh, matter of fact, I try not to order it because it's so good, but it ain't good for me. But it's so good uh, that I usually hope my man uh, J Mac is out there because he always orders too much food, and so he offers me a catfish fillet. And then I can eat a little bit without gorging myself. How was that? And J Mac is one of the best ticket brokers uh, in uh, Dallas Fort Worth. So if you need your tickets, text me or hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you J Mac's info. If you're trying to get in the stadium, he got me. What's that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and this this is a hot ticket on on Saturday night. So oh, yeah. You got the Jimmy Johnson going to Ring of Honor, Detroit in mass, come to Dallas. Uh, first time division champs in a long time, Detroit Lions. 11 wins. Uh, yeah, let's Knights. talk. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about that because I get the feeling, it's just your boy here, it's me, that people still think this is old Detroit and, oh, okay, Mark, I know they won a few games. What's their record again? Uh, whatever, it's the Lions. Go ahead and mark that dub down. And uh, let's keep it moving into Washington and start the playoffs. But this this might be the toughest game of the three that they face because uh, Detroit got a lot to play for, and they're good. 
Yeah, I and mean, it's something that, that Mike McCarthy said that this is the biggest challenge they've had at home. Certainly it's the next challenge. You're going to say that. You can give it all your focus. But, you know, they're a level-win team. Uh, you know, certainly they played the Eagles at home, but we, we don't think the Eagles are playing their best football. They haven't played their best football. You know, the Cowboys have not played a better team at home. So we feel like the Cowboys are at home and they win at home. And so they play their best football at home. You know, don't think they can just roll the ball out there. They're going to get a win. This is going to be a very tough challenge. Detroit is good. They have one of the best offensive running games in the NFL. They're an up-and-coming team. They're actually playing for the number one seed. You know, you know, it's not just about the – they're playing for the number one seed. You know, that San Francisco lost put everything in play, you know, that if they lose one more, you know, Detroit – if Detroit wins, they, they, they can be the number one seed in the playoffs. And – which is a big thing for them. So, you know, this game has a lot of big events. It has a lot of big The Cowboys are still playing for the NFC East title leader. The funny thing about that loss to, to, to Miami, even the loss to Buffalo, they did not hurt the Cowboys in terms of playing for the NFC East title because they were non-conference foes. Uh, if right. the Eagles dropped one game and the Cowboys went out against Detroit in uh, Washington, they went NFC East. You know, they win NFCs because the Eagles are playing two conference games, one against Arizona, one against the New York Giants uh, over the last couple of weeks. The, Eagles, the Giants almost gave the Cowboys a Christmas gift uh, the other day, you know, by beating the Eagles. They didn't do it. It was on the road. But don't sleep on the Eagles losing possibly against the Giants in the season finale. Um, that's if the Giants continue to play hard, play well, because – the Eagles still aren't playing great football. They have a great record, but they're not playing great football. Now, real quick thing on that. I, th- I think they'll beat Arizona this week. But that Giants game at the, in New York could be a little tricky because Tyrod Taylor's back. And it's not that Tyrod Taylor's great, but he's better than Tommy Cutlets. Uh, and so he gives you a chance, uh, you know, if, if they feel like playing that day. And because right. it's a division game, like because – Yeah, um, you know, I'm not I'm not hoping on that. I'm not banking on that. But I think there's a there's a so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Uh, as you get back to Detroit, and earlier in this year they won seven out of eight. Then they lost two out of three, including a bad loss to the Bears. But they they blew out the Broncos, 42-17. They beat Minnesota last week, 30 to 24, in a pretty entertaining game. Uh, but hey, man, we've been talking about the run defense ever since they drafted Mozzie Smith. Ever since the end of last year. David Montgomery, 910 yards, 4.7 per carry, 11 touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs, 872 yards, 5.7, nine touchdowns. It's, they don't care who got, who's in the game. They can run the ball. And uh, it's imperative to me that the Cowboys get off to that fast start that we always talk about. No doubt. And, and as far as the run game, I was talking to uh, this week, uh, Osu Odegizua, one of the Cowboys, he was attacking us funny because we were in the uh, – <laughs> The press box uh, in Miami, and the uh, Miami press box announcer called him Osa, uh, <laughs> no diggity, <laughs> you know, and so everybody started singing the song, no diggity, no doubt, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was funny, just messed up his name, you know, but uh, he said that the certainly the Detroit run game is a challenge because of the backs and because of what they've done. They certainly have a lot of success, but it will be 
it's it's going to actually be easier for them to 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 play against a Detroit run game compared to say San Francisco and Buff and uh, Miami because they don't do as much eye candy. They don't do as much shifts and motions, and it's more of a traditional pro style offense. And they don't do all that stuff where you know you got all that eye candy in the backfield yep. and they run something different. You know they can read their keys and, and, and certainly have a better chance of stopping that. No one wants to do with being able to handle it. The staff is a whole different deal because those backs are special. You know, Gibbs is, is faster than Cooks and, and faster than some of the guys they play. And sort of they're, they're really good in space and they're going to have to tackle. That's one thing they did do in Buffalo. They tackled better against Miami. But at the end of the game, they need to get a stop and get out the field. They cannot do it. And, and you know, what's also key uh, is that the Cowboys basically trying to stop the run in a nickel defense. With two linebackers, with, yeah. with, with extra, even the back, and so they're small. And Detroit has one of the best offensive lines in the They got some big guys. Uh, I think you know that physicality. One thing that we talked about that we love that Quinn as defensive coordinator, what he's done, but his scheme, you know, you know, lends itself to 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 be creased on the ground because he, he's playing a nickel defense, and they don't have any linebackers. Certainly, uh, the loss of Leighton Vanderess, the loss of Demar and Overshawn. Impact the linebacker play, but that's also some of the decisions they've made. Oh, they have Rashad not, Evans, gone. Right, they, I, get, I was just getting ready to get to that. You yep. know, he's gone. Uh, the Cowboys signed Rashad Evans uh, to replace uh, Leighton Van Der Esch. But keep in mind, um, Rashad Evans is not getting any snaps. Rashad Evans got no snaps on defense last week. Got no snaps on defense uh, uh, in the Eagles game. You know, he's he's played mainly special teams. If you only if you know, and he's only getting a few snaps there. A veteran linebacker who doesn't run like he used to. You know, you know special teams is not his best spot. You sign him because he's a bigger guy, traditional linebacker that can help you uh, and, and give you more size against the run. But they don't even play him. He was not getting any snaps. And then he got popped for marijuana on Tuesday night, the day after Christmas, in Frisco, sitting in his car smoking weed. I uh, got popped with marijuana. And, uh, the he cut smoking weed, though. Well, he yeah. didn't know, I mean, he didn't know he, where he was at, though. Frisco, none where his, was at. Frisco ain't the place none for his that. Teammates, none of his teammates told him, no, dog, you can't be smoking weed in the car, dog. Well, I mean, let, let, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. If they really wanted to keep him, they would have kept him. Sam Williams got popped with a whole lot of stuff in his car. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> for real, for real. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, no, you see, this know, is, this is, no, check this out. This, to me, is not about whether the Cowboys, if they really wanted to keep them. This is a Rashad. You here on thin ice. You see the snaps. You see everything. So you had to you had to manage yourself accordingly. And you had to, you know, smoke it in your bathroom, in your apartment if they don't want it there, man. But not out in the car, Doc. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, what, what I'm saying is, though, is that they were looking for a way to get Matt Willis go offensive alignment up uh, because, you know, they didn't really like the way that uh, – the back of the sure. lineman played for, for Chuma Doga, yes, played for Tyron Smith on Sunday, and Chuma Doga now has a toe injury. Uh, you know, and then Tyron Smith still has that back injury. They need to get Matt Belasco, former a draft pick, who's been on injury reserve, up to to to, to supplement and, and give them more depth and tackle. And, and Rashawn Evans, who ain't playing much and ain't really giving them much, and sort of giving what they hoped they would get him. He gave him reason for using him as a, as a roster spot. Yeah. You know, and no, that's what happened. 
I think I think uh, yeah, but I mean, we're talking about Rashawn Evans. He he was never really a factor. Um, I, I think the the key is when you talk about how they built and how they play in a nickel defense. Um, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday on the media match uh, on Dallas Cowboys radio. Uh, is that you know to me the, everybody says hey we want to grab the lead and play and get you know and, and put our pass rush together but every team doesn't literally build their team to play that way and that's the way the Cowboys have played so they built their team to have pass rushers and and to grab early leads and to really try to dictate the pace and um, you know when I was talking about it yesterday I kind of compared it to you know philosophically the way the Phoenix Suns under Mike D'Antoni used to try to entice you to play up and down the court and shoot these threes that you're not comfortable with uh, because they were open, they were makeable. And, you know, to me, the Cowboys try to entice you into getting into a game where you feel like you can't really run the ball because the offense is killing you. And if we don't, if we don't really score some points and you got to pass or throw some points, we can find ourselves out of it before it really gets started. And so when you look at it, they did not score their opponents in the first quarter, 115 to 53. That's how they play, uh, 153 to 106 in the second quarter. So that's how they play. And then when you look at the games that they lost, they trailed Arizona 9 to 3 after the first quarter, San Francisco 7 nothing, tied with Philly, trailed Buffalo 7 nothing, and uh, they led Miami. So they only led one of those games that they lost after the first quarter. So to me, this seems like another – uh, get the win the toss, take the ball, and try to get up on Detroit. What do you think? No, no, I agree. One thing that I, I want to emphasize, though, is you say that, that they're built to rush the pass and not stop the run. When they drafted Miles Smith to stop the run, you know, you know, they they, they were focused on improving their run defense in the offseason. They took a guy in the first round from Michigan to be a wide body. You know, he bit for seven hundred pounds, whatever else to be an anchor in the middle. He's been a disappointment. You know, and so they, they, you know, they, they, you know, they've had to continue to play this way, but they did try to focus. They spent invested a first round pick on a wide body run stopper to be that anchor in the middle. He's been a huge disappointment. And, and one reason that we haven't talked about, they've also struggled uh, certainly as of late is that Jonathan Hankins, you know, your Ohio State Buckeye, you know, has not been on the field. You know, and, and right, they right. missed him. They've had to had to play uh, had to play Miles Smith more and more. And he's certainly not giving you what you had hoped to be in the middle of that defense. So that's been a disappointment. But um, um, as far um, as style, um, would you say? Excuse me. What do you mean he's a disappointment? You playing one linebacker and what four safeties or three safeties? Because Bell is not a linebacker. You're only playing. DeMond, DeMond Clark is the only linebacker. And oh, yes. when they get past that front, the front, when they get past the defensive front, ain't nobody back there. Ain't nobody in the middle of that defense. No, so, no, no doubt. But how and, is that a Macy Smith problem? I don't, I don't get it. Well, it's not the linebacker's not a Macy Smith problem. But we know what else linebacker runs to the ball and makes plays is the defensive lineman occupying blockers. Uh, you got to be the block yeah. sometime. Well, no doubt. We're not talking about some, I'm just talking about any blocks. Them guys don't beat I, nothing. I, they don't I, plug. I they that. don't plug, and they don't beat nothing. They made they made to pay to play the pass or run to the ball. They don't. You have no pluggers in that defense. No, no it's doubt. It's part points. of the style. But but again, getting back to Mozzie, they drafted the guy in the first round uh, to to start number one. If you look at his snap numbers before. 
Olsen, I'm not Olsen, but uh, Jonathan Hankins got hurt. He was not even playing much. He was playing like a few snaps a game. You know, so just off the rip, when you draft a guy in the first round and he don't play, that's a disappointment. Regardless of linebackers, you draft a guy in the first round to start, to be an impact on your defense. And if you watch him play, he does not get off the ball, to occupy blockers. He doesn't do anything. So he's a disappointment. That does not uh, dis- uh, dismiss what you're saying about the linebacker play. But regarding your first-round pick, if you invested in to be an anchor for your defense, he's been a disappointment. Those are facts. Uh, regarding the style of playing, what they need to do, certainly the offense. You know, we, we talked about this team, and, and you know, coming into the season, the defense was supposed to be the best part of this team. You know, when they talked about the Cowboys having renewed hopes to uh, finally break that Super Bowl curse, but because they thought they had a championship defense there by Michael Parsons. You know, of course, Trevon Diggs gets hurt, and you lose Lady Vanderesh, and, and, and this defense is still good, but it's not championship-level, championship caliber. And best part of this team has been the offense with Dak Prescott, you know, and – you talk about setting the tone. When they're at their best, it's because the offense is setting the tone, getting them leads, and making plays. And so against this Detroit team, uh, which Dak has never lost to, which has one of the worst pass defenses, secondaries in the league, it's going to be up to the offense, not just set the tone, but also make plays. I mean, even going back to last week, um, you know, there were more points out there for the offense to score. And the defense did not get it done at the end. Certainly the offense put them in the lead late in the game. But – if there's a weakness on Miami, it's that pass defense. And it's that that defense that the Cowboys, there are more points out there. So you go, you go back to the opening drive of the game uh, when Hunter Olympic fumbled the ball at the one-yard line. You know, you go to play before that when um, Tony Pollard should have got in and didn't get in for whatever reason, got stopped at the one that led to the Hunter Lukey fumble. And, you know, we talked to Tony yesterday, and he said it should have run wide. It looked like a walk-in touchdown. He cut up. Uh, he didn't cut up with any power. He cut up straight ahead. He ran into his own teammate and, and got stopped, you know, at the one-yard line. You know, we, we talked about Zeke, and, and we talked about, you know, the running game and having a hammer in the running game. Uh, you know, that's prime example of what they're missing. They've been missing from running game. It's been a, you know, CD Lamb and Dak have been carrying this offense. They certainly carried it on Sunday and they'll be, uh, last weekend. And so they'll need to carry it again, uh, Saturday, Saturday night, but they need more for the running game. Um, you, let's use that point to transition into this because we're talking about the Cowboys run defense. And, uh, you know, they play a nickel defense, and that's one reason why they get cashed from occasion. Well, this leads me to this conversation. Do you think Darren Woodson gets into the Hall of Fame? He's a finalist, just got named a finalist yesterday, because uh, one of the reasons they were so good in the 90s, they could play kind of a, a nickel because Woodson could cover Darren, I mean, could cover Jerry Rice in the slot enough not for it to be an embarrassment, and then stabilize your run defense. Um, what do you think about Woody and his Hall of Fame uh, chances this year? Man, I'm rooting so hard for Woody. And, and I just think that it's one of my issues with the celebration of the team or night is no, the defense does not get celebrated enough. Cowboys won three Super Bowls. You know, and we talk about the, the, the offense and we talk about the triplets, but the defense was number one league, too. 
you know, and, and I know Dion's in or Charles Haley's in, but Dion was only there for one time. Okay. And, and Charles Haley was there, but there's someone else needs to represent that team. That team was a dynasty, a great team. And Woodson needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He was part of that dynasty, a big key part of that dynasty and what they did on defense. And there should be more than one representative from those three Super Bowl champions from that defense in the Hall of Fame. And Woody deserving what he did. The, the fun, you know, you, you talk about his versatility and he's so unappreciative because he doesn't talk a lot. He just goes by and does his job. He, he ended his career as a team's leading tackler. But you talk about his versatility. Funny thing about it, his versatility probably hurt him. You know, because yeah. he played the slot and because he was not the middle field safety and, and on all those plays and getting all the interceptions, it hurt his numbers, you know. And, and so he doesn't have the pretty numbers that some of the other safeties have. But if you look at some of the guys that are in before him, Woody was such a much better safety. John Lynch is in. There's no way John Lynch is in is, is, was a better safety impact player than Darren Woodson, you know. And, and, and you know, Don John Lynch wouldn't even play in today's game because all he did was <laughs> Yeah, I'm not yeah. too big on John Lynch. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't cover. He couldn't nah, cover. I'm you know not. anything like that? But but because you know he was on this team that was a defensive-oriented team. Everybody celebrated the defense more than the offense. Probably because yeah. you know Dallas they celebrated the offense more than the defense. You know he gets a lot of credit. Well, Woodson deserved that type of credit. I think you know there's a better shot from just looking at the, you know the guys who are up for the war. There really no shoe-ins and the first ballot guys and not a lot of shoe-ins. This is an opportunity for him to, best opportunity for him to get in. He's a, a finalist for back-to-back years. Uh, best opportunity for him to get in, and I hope he does. Yeah, now he was uh, he was my guy when he uh, when he played, and uh, uh, we still talk to this day fairly frequently. But uh, I am uh, certainly rooting for uh, Woody to get in. He's a, a tremendous player, underrated. And I used to yell at him as much as I was going to yell at him, fuss at him when he was a player. He's like, man, I don't need no credit. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like dog, you're going to need this later on. And uh, we laugh about it now. He's like, man, I should have listened to you. I was like, yeah, it's probably the right. only time. But, you know, when you a lot of times as a media person, you can see these things and how they evolve them because it, there was Lynch or there was Leroy Butler and there was Atwater. There was these other guys around. And it's like, if you don't, my, you know, the, to, that whole thing about, I just let my play do my talking. That's cool. But you also need to do some talking uh, because, uh, you know, the more you're known, the more your presence is heard and felt, the better odds are later that you can get some of these accolades that you're very deserving of. So I hope like hell he gets in. Uh, And you know what, man? I think it's really people just – I don't even think people realize that he covered the slot and covered, you know, when they move. Because the obvious move is, oh, you got a safety in the slot? Fine, we'll put Jerry Rice in there and bust your ass. And it just didn't happen with any kind of regularity that it would. Uh, and that's what made him a special guy. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I think um, football wasn't really looked at like that back then. They didn't have all the breakdowns. And, and, uh, no, you're absolutely and people, right. And people wasn't talking like that. And, and if he was playing today, he would have had, had a whole lot more recognition. Um, when y'all talk about media, media and Hall of Fame, I think about Jason Taylor. How Jason Taylor get in, and 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 Woody ain't in. Everybody like Jason Taylor. I don't even think Jason Taylor ought to be in the Hall of Fame. Myself. That's no, I mean, I, 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 like if Woody would have stayed on TV longer, you know, yep. I think a lot of times, you know, he, he had to come on. A lot of times, you know, you, you get a lot of attention even after your career. People see your name a lot. 
uh, because you're on ESPN and, yep. and he wanted to come home and be, be with his family. I think that that also played a role in that. That's played a role in that as well. Yep. Uh, Daniel Taylor's a popular guy. You know, he did he does a TV thing. You know, out of Miami. Uh, you certainly, you know, you know, Jimmy Johnson guy, just like Woody. But but again, it's, it's the hype, and, yep. and 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 Jason had way more hype. And again, it's the sex. You know, he he plays a position that lends itself for highlight plays. Uh, and, and again, Woody didn't have the highlight plays. He was just solid. I don't know. He was an I don't know. <laughs> he he blew people up all the time. Uh, no, I, I, I agree, uh, but it's not yeah. the same as sacks, interceptions, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, I'm just uh, disagreeing with you on a small, very small level there. Yeah. yeah, you know we 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 splitting hairs when we're talking about greatness. But I, you made me look because I didn't, I hadn't, I ain't gonna sit and tell you I paid a whole lot of attention. But yeah, I don't know, man. Jason Taylor, one hundred thirty nine and a half sacks, led the league in sacks once, uh, defensive player of the year in two thousand and six, mm-hmm. three time All Pro, five look like five or six seven Pro Bowls. I don't know, man. That's uh, that's a resume right there. Six touchdowns. Uh, that's a resume. I can't really. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I got. And when it, during his prime, he was really a beast. So, and like everybody else, he slowed down as he got older. But he played till he was 37. See, I didn't even realize that. So, uh, that's great. I'm just saying that's great. But you got people like Willie Anderson that didn't. That ain't in the. Yeah, we can go all day on that. Where you got a resume and you not in. I just don't. I don't yeah, see where uh, he got in. I, I think if you if you part, I'm, I'm like this. If you part of a championship team, you a major part of a championship team. You should jump over Jason Taylor and have your ass in the Hall of Fame. the player that shouldn't be in is is is, is a guy like Tony Baselli on the play seven seasons. Tony Baselli, okay, yeah. <laughs> and he got and you know he got he got three out pro, but he only played seven seasons. There's no way he should be in the Hall of Fame. Over over some of those guys you're talking about, you know yeah. the Willie Anderson and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you know. Let's let's move on to Chill's last topic of the day, which is <laughs> he moving I mean, you on he, out of here. He getting you up on out of here, dog. Uh, we we trying to we we never stay on schedule, so we hey, just you always we welcome. You always welcome to me, man. It's all good, uh, man. <laughs> now the last topic of the day, I gotta give him time to talk. Is uh, if I say Jimmy Jerry. What do you? What's what comes to mind with you? You know, the, the funny thing is that 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 you know I you know I followed it from afar. You know, from you know when it started. You know, I certainly watched Jimmy and you know go from Oklahoma State to Miami and win all those you know those titles. But, you know, when I think of Jimmy and Jerry, I, I think of the the great you know Hershey Walker trade. I think of the, the Super Bowl champions, but. Unfortunately, what you think about mostly is the breakup, you know, and then that has dominated uh, the relationship and, and dominated the highlights of the relationship, the lowlights of the relationship because, you know, it could have been so much more, you know, right. and, and they, they broke up over pettiness, you know, and, 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 and over credit, you know, and, and, and that was a shock to the system, shock to Cowboys Nation, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, and, and the fact that the Cowboys did not won pretty much since the 90s, you know, it could have been so much more. And so uh, I think that Jimmy going into the ring of honor finally puts a bow on the 90s and and, 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 and brings it all full circle and, and people can finally, you know, appreciate what 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 went on and what happened because there, there was 
that that rift, you know, just left the open wound, open scar. You you really couldn't appreciate what they did, and how they did it. You know, the, the family's back together now. Now, I was gonna say my uh, that's pretty much my thought. My thought is when I think of Jimmy Jerry, I really just think what might have been, what could have been. I mean, you know, we talk about the Steelers with four out of six, and we talk about the 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 great run that the Patriots went on. That you know, I don't know that anybody will get there. But what the Cowboys had, if they could have, you know, managed to subjugate the egos and not worry so much about the credit because everybody was eating, there's no telling what that team could have done because the stars were still in their prime when they left. Uh, now, maybe Jimmy would have worn them out with his personality. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, but I just always wonder what may have been, what could have been because we never got to see it. And uh, it was great. But maybe it could have been even greater. And to me, uh, that's just a trip. Uh, what do you think about Jimmy and Jerry, Joe? You know, I thought y'all was going to talk a little longer, so I started eating these damn cashews. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I'm trying to do some things over here. I'm being all professional, turn my mic off. I thought it was a lot of petty stuff, too. I thought it was... Uh, you always go into what if, what if, what if they just stayed together? What if, uh, you know, a lot of players that that uh, Jerry kept around, Jimmy would have let them go and got new ones. You know, yeah. so a lot of guys, a lot of guys' career would have been cut a little shorter as Cowboys, because you know Jerry ran the, ran the damn thing. So I think the personnel would have changed. I think um, Cowboys would have been a lot tougher and more disciplined. Y'all, y'all already know that. So that, that's what I thought. I thought that uh, the personnel thing that, you know, Jerry was trying to hold that whole team together, and some of them guys couldn't play no more. And uh, Jimmy, you know, Bill, a lot of people don't realize that Bill Belichick learned from Jimmy. And Belichick would cut you a couple of years before you was done or trade you a couple of years before you was done. And I think that's what Jimmy would have done with that team. And that's just, you know, that's my opinion. That's that's. that's oh, yeah, the, the thing is, you talk about this when the Cowboys won two out of three. They could have won three straight. They could have won four straight. They'd be the first team to ever do that. They could have done something really special. Uh, and, and, and that's what you, you know, certainly they just missed in, 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 in uh, Barry's first year losing to the 49ers. Uh, and, and, and they won in 95. But if Jimmy's there, you know, there's a good chance they could have won three or four straight. And that that, that, that would have been unheard of. It could, they could have been really, really special. I wonder about that. Like I see, I can see three, but then I just wondered the way your body gets beat up, the way you have to psych yourself up mentally, whether they could have gotten to four or just how it would have gone. I mean, and that's the uh, you know that's the beauty of sports. You can have these conversations about that's what, what I'm saying happened. about that's what I'm saying about getting people in, getting people out of here. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was very good at motivating people, and they had it going on in the personnel department where they were shuffling guys in. If you wasn't good, you wasn't good. You was gone. We're not gonna keep you around. Let's see if you can do something. You know, I know he was he was ruthless about that, and that was that was part of what made him a great coach. But then you know, uh, it was just a it was a it was a wonderful moment in time. I mean, there's not very many times where you draft Hall of Famers in the first round three consecutive years with Mike Troy and uh, Emmett, and uh, you know the Herschel trade gave you all that ammunition. Hey, picking up to- picking up pieces. You know, uh, James Washington, and what's my man uh, Thomas Everett. You know, picking up guys yeah. like that, 
You know, like, all right, this guy is a malcontent somewhere else. Come on over here. You know, let's ball. <laughs> yeah, no, it, was it was pretty a, good. It was pretty good stuff right now. It was a great time, and uh, they had a great team. I just wish we could have seen a little bit more. But uh, I'm like Clarence. It's good that they finally got over themselves and uh, figured out a way to make it happen. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's going to be a, uh, it's gonna be a real cool night on uh, Saturday when uh, Jimmy finally gets uh, inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. You got any last final words, uh, Mr. Hill? No, nah, man, you know, this is a big week. I got, you know, get through this game, and I'm, I'm trying to get to New Orleans with the Texas Washington Sugar Bowl. So, you know, just Cowboys oh, wait, take wait, care wait, of business. Wait, wait. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, okay, see, this is how you end up extending your stay. Now, I thought that was out. That's why I didn't ask you about it. I thought that was over. So now you're saying there's a chance? You thought, what was over? What are you talking about? What's over? I didn't think he was going. I thought you told me he was waiting for the championship game. I, I, I was, you know. <laughs> okay. That man trying to make me seem like I'm crazy. I told you, you know, you go you, when they're there. You got when they're there and they got a shot. Then you got to make a chance. And you got enough friends and frat brothers. You should be able to go. You should be able to get there and finesse it the way only you can finesse things. Yeah, I'm spending more so points. Hold, is the, I'm, I'm spending okay, more you points. you got half a trillion. You got half a trillion points. <laughs> quit being, quit being know, uh, cheap. I, I did cheap because I should have pulled the trigger a month ago. That was the points were cheaper there. The points is high now, but I'm going to call it to it anyway. You know, that's right. You know, man. I, 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 hate, I feel like I you can paying. secure tickets. I, I, I got a ticket. Got a ticket. See, I knew the ticket wasn't the problem. Yeah, no, dog. No, Matter of fact, I wish you had work. talked to me because I could have got you. I mean, you could. Yeah, go ahead. You could have got me what? No, I mean I just would have pressed you harder, but you were so firm uh, on your on your non-committal. Well, because I because I think work first, and I I think of um, okay. Let me let me fix you know you, on I, you know you got it's last week of the season. You know it's a tricky week on how we go. You know what we doing, and I don't know when the, the the NFL may flex the Cowboys game against Washington that Saturday night. It's just a lot of tricky things, you know. And I'm I'm, I'm a one man show, and so I need to be here, and so that's that's been my mindset. But you know. I, I talked to my boss, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to this game. And I really regret it. I've been going back to 2006 or uh, 2005. Yes. I was watching the uh, USC-Texas Championship game at your house, and I should have been in L.A. Yes. up for the game because of work. And yes. I was worried about and, work. And ran and down the street work. when Vince scored. <laughs> no, you know, true I, story. I Open up the door and like, sprint it down the street. <laughs> you know, Screaming. So I did I did bring my champagne before the game because I predicted the win. I, I was ready for the win. I, I did bring the champagne. Now, that was one of the great moments in time right there. Uh, you know, so. Oh, uh, man, you so, know, I, uh, I was fortunate when the Buckeyes played here in 2014, but I had already told my wife, hey, me and my dude, because I wanted him to experience it, we rolling. Wherever they at, we gone. We'll figure out how to pay for it later. We gone. <laughs> I gave a heads up. Tickets might be like fifteen hundred, but we out. We gone. We gonna check it out because in two thousand two I wanted to go and I had your dilemma. They was in the middle of the coaching search and I was right. sitting on the bed uh, writing stories about uh, Dave Campo and uh, Bill Parcells on the night they played Miami. So I feel your pain on that. But uh, when you're emotionally invested in a team, whether it's the Final Four or whether it's the college football playoff, if you have an opportunity to go and you got some funds, 
you should go. Because uh, unless you're Alabama, it don't happen every year. <laughs> no, it don't. It's just, it's just, it's awful time. So, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to enjoy it and take advantage of it. Oh, good. I'm, uh, that's, that's the best news I heard. Now, I've only been up for three hours. So, you know, there may be some better news later. But as of now, that's number one in the, uh, in the best news I've heard department today. Uh, and with that, get the hell out, man. You took up more of your time as usual. All right, brother. I appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. <laughs> All, All right, right, man. As Clarence E. Hill Jr. brought to you each and every Friday by my friends at Smokey John's Barbecue, you know, home of the jam session bowl. A delicious mix. Now, let me tell you about the Jam Session Bowl, if you haven't heard, if you're new to the show. I'm not going to say it, but y'all know what's up with Big Joe and the Big Red. Y'all know what's up. I don't have to tell y'all. But it's a delicious bowl that either is a mashed potato base or a mac and cheese base. And then your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. You can go with brisket. Sausage, like I usually roll, or you know, you do the double brisket, like my boy will get one day soon. You know, then all that stuff you find on loaded baked potato, man chives, bacon bits, butter, sour cream, cheese, all that stuff. They put it on top, then they either drench it with sauce or drizzle it with sauce. It's fantastic. It is love in your mouth. It's really that good. No cap, it's that good. Uh, it's enough for two people Easy you Got a little shorty Three y'all can eat off of it No problem It's fantastic But it's on the secret menu It ain't on the menu You can't find it You gotta just know that it's there And you just say Hey Jam Session Bowl Folks look at you crazy Like I don't see it on the menu Don't worry about it man Those who know Know Those who don't Don't It's that simple uh, And Smokey Johns 1820 West Mockingbird It's fantastic And if you need Smokey Johns in your life And you can't get over there, all you got to do is go to the website, SmokeyJohns.com, click on the marketplace, order the rub, order sauce, or both, have them at your house in a couple days. You can also go up to your local H-E-B and pick up the rub. Frisco, Burleson, Allen, it's all over the place, Waxahachie. Smokey John's Barbecue, it is to live for, because you wouldn't want to die without having sampled it. I think I'm going to send that over there as a new catchphrase for them. Nah. What do you think, though? No. <laughs> you don't that's, like that? That's a, that's, that's a hella dramatic right there. But all right. <laughs> you wouldn't want to die without tasting it. Uh, no. Yeah. It's to live for. You wouldn't want to die without having tasted it. Yeah. We can work on it, but I, I like that. I like that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna trick it up a little bit, man. So don't get mad. We just uh, freestyling a little bit today. It's the holiday season. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we're not going to be so on, on uh, schedule. So, who are you talking about? Don't get mad. What you talking about? You know, man, sometimes when you go, when you call an audible, you get upset because we ain't following the script. Me? I taught hand grenades, I mean, I dog. Telling you. I taught hand grenades, dog. The audible on the radio don't bother me. Go ahead with that. Okay, man. All right. <laughs> I'm going to the audible, I'm pulling the pin, and I'm tossing that thing with a sidearm motion about 15 feet away, right? It don't work like that. But or is it 50 feet away? It don't work like uh, that. That's what I saw on the movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was talking to you earlier. I said, you a Costco guy or a Sam's guy? Mm-hmm. 
and you said you were a uh, Sands guy, but then, man, you said you don't even like to go grocery shopping. Uh, working at the grocery store ruined you like that. Mm-hmm. But see, I would tell you that Sam's, although I'm a Costco more than Sam's, although I have cars to both tell you what illness I had, it's an experience, man. It's not just a grocery shopping thing. I worked at Sam's Club for like three years. Did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I worked at Safeway for about In a- three. I worked at, worked at Safeway through high school. Between colleges, I worked at Sam's Club. Uh, All right. So, nah, I don't. I ain't. Well, then I'm, then I don't. I don't have no time. Be spending no more time in no damn Sam's Club. So, so check this out, man. <laughs> I I went grocery shopping because I'm a, I'm that guy. I like to eat, obviously. Wait, wait, wait. As a what, what, guy. what type of music yes. would you like? Would you like around the block or no music? Cause yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. Let me go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Since we kind of off script today, <laughs> you know, we kind of relaxed today. Yeah, we're just going to roll yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about uh, uh, for the next yeah. little while. All right, then. Let me uh, kill my mic. on my mind. I'm going to kill my mic and eat these no, cashews. No, I didn't mean by myself. Oh, okay. Oh, like okay. eat these cashews? Yeah, go ahead. No, I didn't mean by conversation. I ate, I ate a croissant for breakfast, so. That's why I'm uh, like well, munching these damn meat. cashews now. I don't I have killed some strawberry Waterloo. Yeah. Uh, very tasty, I might add. I imagine uh, so. So, no, nah, man. Hey, man. David, the content guy, mm-hmm. he showed up with a Christmas present, man. Three cases of Waterloo, baby. That's why that's my dog, man. Yep. That's yep. a gift from heaven right there. That is a great so gift. Get buying gifts for people ain't complicated. You just have to know what they like and who that's they are. A, that's a great gift. Like the it's kind of it's kind of sure non-existent over here, kind of like the damn jam session bowl and the Waterloo water. That's the same. I got the same spot for that over at my house that that I got for the jam session bowl. Okay, moving on to yeah, Costco. Roger so that. what I was doing yesterday, stick and move. Because I was telling y'all, there you go. I'm the guy who uh, um. I don't like to go out to eat because I don't like to spend the money. I mean, I like to go out to eat, but if I go out to eat, I want it to be a really nice spot. Like, I don't want to spend $45 at a spot where I could, in my mind, make something very similar at the crib. So when I like to go out to eat, I like to go up a little upscale, or I like to go to a quality hole in the wall. I don't know. But I prefer to eat at home. And so I used to tell my wife and them, kids, you can buy whatever you want at the grocery store. I mean, you want shrimp and scallops? Go get shrimp and scallops. You want the best steak? Go get the best steak. Because whatever you buy at the store is cheaper than if you go out to eat. Uh, and that's really always been my grocery shopping philosophy. So I like to go, I like to go grocery shopping because I like to cook. Uh, and I cook very well. I don't cook great, but I cook very well. And I got a few dishes and uh, I believe in the 10-minute air fryer uh, rule. Almost nothing I cook or prepare takes more than 10, 15 minutes max to have a complete entire meal. And so that's how I like to get down. But, man, I called somebody yesterday, and I was like, yo, I'm about to go into Costco. If you don't hear from me in 20 minutes, call me and make sure I'm okay because I am not going off script. I'm going to buy exactly what I want, what I'm supposed to buy. No more, no less. 
Now I asked you, how long do you think I was in Costco before I went off off uh, off schedule? I don't know, three minutes. Ah, you probably right. Could have been two. Because <laughs> I went down the wrong aisle, and I saw these protein bars that I that I like and I had, and I was like, you know what? I just need to restock up on these because. Then I don't have to come when I run out in a week or so. Because I like to grocery shop about once a month. I don't like to go all the time. So I stuffed those in my in my basket. And then, man, uh, I was good. Everything else I stuck to schedule. Got some chicken. Got some shrimp. You know. Got some salmon. I love salmon. What's your favorite fish? You like fish? Catfish. All right. Fried, grilled, blackened. Grilled or, fr- grilled or fried, my wife cooks the best catfish in the world. Matter of fact, I love her cooking anyway, so whatever she You cooks. know, I, I'm i being real. I don't know that I've had some grilled catfish. I always have it fried. Well, she's fried catfish when you was over here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Have you, uh, you grill it? I assume you grill it because you're a grill guy. I can. Uh, uh. I can. It depends on which grill I use. I have a uh, Blackstone. Uh. And I have a regular grill. Right. I don't. I have a regular gas grill. Okay. I got a whole lot of attachments. So, right. Blackstone is more seared. Right. Uh, it's more of a searing grill. The uh, gas grill is more of the regular grill that we would grill some catfish on. But I prefer it fried, better than fried. Oh no, yes. no, it's uh, that's why I was talking about LBs. Catfish over there is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fill my basket up, man. And I followed all my instructions, got the salmon. Salmon is expensive as hell. I remember when salmon was $25 a bag for a two-pound bag. I don't know when that was, but dog, that salmon was $34 a bag yesterday for two pounds. And I bought two bags. And so I was in Costco probably because I was about my business. Probably 20 minutes, man. And guess what my total bill was? I don't know. Two dollars. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to hang in. I'm trying to hang in here, dog. <laughs> Two hundred and thirty dollars, dog. And it only took me twenty minutes. But I, this is a different kind of Costco. I like this one. It's tucked away. It's usually not busy. It's a business center, so they got some different kind of stuff in there. Dude, they had a whole goat carcass in there. Have you ever seen that? I've seen dead goats before. I ain't gonna tell you no. why. But oh no. I, uh, I mean, but I'd never seen them in the grocery store hanging in a bag. It was yeah, kind of wild. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen dogs too. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, in Korea? Yeah. Most huh. definitely. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Kagogi. So anyway, uh, what well, does that mean? Kagogi. You got bugogi is beef. Kagogi is dog. They cooked the dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm being serious. They farm uh, them. They farm them. Well, when I, I was in, uh, to put this in like the context, cows. I was in Korea in the 90s. So they, they farmed right. them and they cooked them. Yeah. It is what it is. You better know what you're I'm being serious. What, it, what species of dog is it? I don't know. You know, when you see him with his head cut off and the legs cut off, and you don't know what species it is. I have no idea. I just know it was dog. I didn't eat it. I mean. Did you ever try it? No. Hmm. Well, I wonder if it tastes well, like chicken like everything else. Well, they did have this stuff, this like this mystery meat they would cook when you left the bars <laughs> at night. 
<laughs> if you was drunk enough, you would eat it. It was mystery meat on a right, stick. Right. That's what we used to call it. But if you was drunk enough, you'd eat it. I think I quit drinking probably 36 days into a year tour. Right, I realized right. that uh, some of that stuff they got to drink, like soju, that stuff right. make you race trains. And I knew I wasn't uh, going to okay. get promoted drinking that shit. So I, right, quit, right. I quit drinking the whole time. I was, but probably about after 30 days, I quit drinking the rest of the year. The rest right. of the 11 months I was there, I quit drinking. Right. Got promoted nah. twice. All right. Uh, well, I'm never, a. Uh, never know where we're going to end up on this show. We got to no, talk about really, Costco. This was about to put my ass to sleep. But, uh, you know, since we off the record and all that stuff, on the record, off the record, relax, whatever we're doing today, that I didn't know yeah. what we was going to be doing. It's all all right, we, well, we're moving on for Costco because Costco is a wonderful experience. I enjoy it very it's much. Wonderful. I always yeah. feel good when I walk in, I always feel good when I leave. Then I came home and actually did some meal prep. So it was a great day shopping at Costco. Uh, although you know, I also need to make a run to Sam's because they got a couple things at Sam's that they don't have at Costco that I like. Uh, you got a preference, Costco, Sam's? Um, no, nah, I like Sam's. I just think Costco is a little more high end. Like we was talking about earlier, like they like I like the uh, panko shrimp, right? And uh, both both places have it. And Sam's panko shrimp is pretty good in the air fryer. Is I mean, it's great. But when a friend of mine made sure that I got to try uh, uh, <laughs> Costco, he said, man, this stuff's going to be better, blah, blah, blah. Well, we ate it. Costco's tasted like it just came out the ocean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know how seafood has right, like right. a little little fish smell to it a little bit, little fish taste right, to right. it? Right, Yeah, it was like that. So I like the both, but I still, I like I like Sam Club, but yeah, Costco, Costco is a little more high end, I think. Just a little bit, but uh, they both got some things that the other one doesn't have, which is why I ended up with cars. They got they got demo ladies at uh, Costco. Yeah, you know, kids used to love to go to Costco. Oh, hey, when can I get a sample. When I worked at Sam Club, I had lunch on them them them, them, them demo ladies. Give me lunch. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, you could eat up, uh, eat up good. Uh, well, let's move on from Costco. I don't want you to fall asleep. Uh, what do you think about New Year's resolutions? Are you down with them? Do you not? Do you not get into them? Uh, what's up? Nah, I don't. I don't really do that. I used to, but I'm always trying to. <laughs> I always got a bevy of sins I got to put down. Or I got stuff I, I need. To, <laughs> I wake up. I wake up in the morning saying, "Hey, be good today." You know, right. be good today. You know, try to try to be nice to somebody today, and and try not to go off on somebody today. No, uh, you know, you. just just stuff like that. Where it's like the easiest part, the easiest thing. Well, let me put it like this: I always say it's the ass that you don't kick that make a difference. People always say, oh, "I'll kick your ass." How about the ass you don't kick? Even if a person deserved to get their ass kicked, you know how many friends I've had from people that pissed me off. At a job or at something or whatever, and later on we become right. friends. We become friends, you know, pretty good friends. So right. I wake. I don't know. I don't believe in New Year's resolution because of that, you know, because every day is a New Year's resolution. You know, I feel you on that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not particularly into. Hey, it's a New Year. I need to do all this stuff, but I'm into 
really trying to be the best version of yourself, as uh, Jason Garrett and some other folks would say, on a regular basis. And so, uh, you know, I decided that I should... I've never been a bed maker. I mean, I can tell you, I mean... I like uh, I like it when it's made, but I've never particularly been a bed maker. So I decided just the other day, I said, you know what? I'm going to start making my bed and see if that makes me feel any different or any better when I come into my room and it's made before I go to sleep. Uh, and so I've made it two days in a row. <laughs> and I said, huh, I kind of like that. And so we'll see if I, if I like it enough to keep up with it. Um, but, uh, it was just something, uh, you know, I'm I'm always evolving. Like I'm into my aromatherapy. I can smell the orange this morning. So it's putting me in a, it's, 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 uh, livening me up a little bit, dog. And then the other thing is it's, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how you create good habits. And some of that is just, you have to be intentional in trying to do it. And so, I've just been trying to be very intentional about all the stuff I do and all the habits I'm trying to create uh, so that they will stick and not just be short term. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to go to Costco, because my diet's been a little bit out of whack and I want to really reel it in. And so the best way to do that is to uh, go old school, buy a bunch of stuff, cook it up, meal prep it a little bit and uh, try to make yourself into a habit. So I'm in the habit form in these days. Uh you got any good suggestions for forming habits? No. Well, <laughs> what do you want me to say? No. You, you, no. you, you're, well, I, you're I pretty, appreciate that, man. Well, you're a pretty disciplined guy already. So, I, you know, I don't know what I can add uh, to that. Well, well, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's, I find it very interesting how you can be so disciplined in one aspect of your life and so undisciplined in another aspect of your life. Sure. And so I'm trying to get them all to merge together so I can be one. I mean, I don't want to be necessarily uber disciplined, but I would like to have some more. And so I've just been on this quest to kind of add those things to my life and, uh, you know, see uh, see what I can do. Some of it is just a personal challenge. You just want to see what's the best version that you can be. And so this is uh, this is kind of my way of doing it. Uh, and as part of that, um, have you ever been in the vision boards? No, that's kind of like uh, what did you say? You your love gift, the gift of love. What the hell did you say that was? Your love filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm learning all kind of stuff, man. But no, <laughs> no, no, no. What did you just say? Vision board. Vision board. Yeah. Nah, man. Do you know what it is? No. Oh, okay. So vision board, normally you take a poster board like you do back when you was in school with a science project or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, you get books and magazines, magazines usually, images off the internet if you can't necessarily find them, and you kind of put, you use the board and you take, you cut out the images from a magazine or whatever, and you put them on the board, and they're kind of all the things that you would like to achieve during the next year. And uh, when you fill the board up, the poster board or whatever it looks kind of like a collage and you hang it somewhere prominent in your office or in your bedroom or your whatever wherever you want where you see it on a regular and it kind of um you know when you see it it kind of it should give you kind of a hey here's why i'm up today here's what i'm doing today here's kind of like my makes it kind of reinforces your purpose on a regular basis and uh i've never done one i've heard of them uh but 
you know, it's kind of like when I became a columnist uh, at the Dallas Morning News, I said, you know what? I really want this sports car. And it's a Cadillac XLR, the two-seater. And so I saw a stenciled picture of one in the morning news. And so I cut it out uh, and I hung it in my office on the file cabinet at the morning news. And so every day when I walked into my office at the morning news, I'd see that picture. And it's like, okay, that's why, yeah, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I keep grinding, I keep working, maybe one day I can get that thing. And so it was just kind of a little motivational tool. That's all. Uh, but, you know, people look for motivation in different ways, especially around this time of year where they try to make a change and they try to set up the next year to be the best it can be for them, whether you had a good year, a bad year, and an average year. So, Well, uh, as, a, as a truck driver, you, you probably have a mental vision board because you can't have a vision board because you're not in the same place right. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you, And you got to, like, I, I did long haul, short haul, whatever, and uh, – if I'm driving, you know, 12 hours to Florida and, uh, well, 11 hours to Florida, um, I'm thinking about a lot of stuff, you know, between stops. And you visualize right. a lot of stuff and you work out a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I would say um, the vision board stuff was probably in my mind rather than a physical vision board. You know, it's kind of like when I wanted a home. You know, yeah. I learned everything it is about getting a home. I talked about five different people and about, you know, what it is to get a home. And the one and, and the one time in my life that somebody never, you know, everything that those five people told me was right on the money. And then. Is that right? Yeah. Sometimes you get five different, you ask five different people in their opinion. You get five different answers. But at that one point, everybody was right. Do this, do that, do this. This right. is what size house you need. This is how much it should cost, blah, blah, blah. I have an agent that you can talk to. So, yeah, that was kind of my mental vision board. I'm driving in Memphis. I'm driving in uh, Oklahoma, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing houses out in the distance. I'm going, you know what? I'm out here on this road, and I'm going to get one of those. And that was 22 years ago. So, you know, I was just a young driver, but I was driving to get that. So, yeah, it's one of them things where I ain't never did a physical vision board, but I'm sure in my mind I've had that, you know, there are things. You know, I want to get my kids to better schools. Uh, those right. kid, those kids are pretty smart. So let me make sure they get a chance to go to college, and they all went. So it's one of them things, you know, that, uh, yeah, I don't never physically put it down, but it's always been a vision to try to make, make stuff better or get better. I don't know. No, it's cool. I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people just, you know, it's however you get through your, whatever motivates you to get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, he was talking about uh, a friend of his was just so angry all the time. And he was like, how can I help him with his anger, man? He's just mad all the time. And you know me, man, my pop psychology degree. I ran through a series of questions, this or that, and I said, well, you know, I know this guy that you're talking about from the way you talk. And I go, you know, maybe he doesn't wake up with a purpose every morning. Meaning, like, uh, he's, he's got money uh, that, was, uh, that was left to him. And so he's very well off that way. 
so finances is not an issue for him. He's married. He's got this. He's got that. I said, but, you know, he doesn't really have a job. And so, you know, it's a situation where maybe he doesn't have a purpose anymore. He's kind of frustrated because he doesn't have a purpose because, at least to me, everybody should wake up with a purpose. Now, it doesn't have to be a work purpose. It can be it's whatever your purpose is on here. But if you have it, I think people are infinitely happier than if they don't have it because you wake up with a feeling of this is what I need to do today to kind of have a sense of accomplishment, whatever that is. Uh, uh, you know, literally, whatever that is, as long as it's, it's for you. Um, and, and I say it like that because I don't want it to be a work thing. It's not a work related thing. It's whatever your purpose is. Your purpose might be helping homeless people. And that's what you like to do. So that's in your purpose. You go help somebody today. So that's all, man. So I hope everybody uh, kind of finds their purpose, has a great new year. I mean, we're still a couple of days away, but, uh, you know, when you're dealing in life and you got life and death going on, you always uh, it's always good to take a minute to reflect that like you you know I got to use this time that I got because it ain't gonna last forever and at some point it's gonna disappear and uh you just kind of want to make the most of it my friend uh let's shift into football before we head out for the day because I know you wanted to talk about this yeah I know who's gonna ever get that hold on there you go (laughs) all right then I'm trying. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working real hard, though. It's all good, man. Yeah. Russell Wilson. He got benched yesterday by the Denver Broncos. There's been a lot of chat about that because uh, they're still in playoff contention, man. They benched him with the last two games because uh, he's got a $37 million uh, check uh, he's supposed to get in March if they don't cut him. And the Bronco, and but he's got to pass a physical to do that. So if he got hurt in the last two games, couldn't pass the physical, they'd owe him that money. They don't want to pay it to him, and so they're going to keep him. They're going to bench him, and uh, for the last two games, even though he got a playoff on the line, and there's just a whole lot of conversation about that. And all I'm gonna say about it is, man, I see where the Broncos are coming from. I understand it. And this is why forever, as long as y'all have heard me, I've been very consistent. Players need to get whatever they can get, however they need to get it. So, Zeke, you need to hold out for six weeks in all the training camp to get your paper, to secure the bag. Then by all means, dude, go do what you got to do. Because the team will always do what's best for itself. Always. Never a doubt. The team will always do what's best for itself. And so players have to do what's best for them. And fans are like, oh, you owe it to the team to do this and that. No, you owe it to yourself to get the best deal you can get. Because the minute, the second, the instant your play declines a minuscule amount, you're gone. And the the contracts are not guaranteed. So you got to get what you get. Uh, So what's your thought on Russell Wilson? My thought on Russell Wilson is... uh Sean Payton is a utter and total jackass. That's what I think. I think he is. Now why do you say that? I think he is the worst coach, the worst leader that I've ever seen in any in any military, any business I've been in. You do not treat your subordinates like that. It, it, it never goes well for you in the future. It never goes well for you right now. You understand? You treat a man, you never treat a man as less 
and you especially don't treat your subordinate leadership as less. You understand? The leader's under the leader. That's subordinate leadership. You don't treat them like that. You you go close the damn door. All that stuff from the beginning where he was talking about Russell need to quit kissing babies and all that, this is like stuff where you close the door and say, come in, let me talk to you. This is what I need you right, to right. do. I need you to quit kissing babies. I need you to quit all that marketing stuff. I need you to do that. I need you to be gritty. Quit being Russell as Russell is. I need you to do this. Can you do this for me? Before you ever right. go to the media with that crap, he told you from the he told everybody from the beginning, I don't like this guy. Right. I can't stand this guy. Who the hell are you, Sean? You got a Super Bowl? All right, we good with that. Mike McCarthy got a Super Bowl. What's my man, Brian Gillick, Gillick or whatever the hell his name is? <laughs> Oakland. You know, everybody, you know, okay. But you ain't got to treat the treat a guy like that. When I seen him go off on the sideline, man, I don't think I would have did nothing to him right then. But I think I would have said, Coach, can I speak to you in the office for a second? Yeah, then I would have whooped his ass. I'm telling you, he got his ass whooped. I wouldn't have done it right there in front of the team. But they would have had to get me up off of him. How you going to talk to me like that? I'm a grown-ass man, and you over here yelling at me. What's wrong with you? Dude. And, and I'm just like, eh, you, you know, you can't you can't do that. I mean, is Russell playing? What does Russell got, like 26? What is his stat? 26 uh, touchdowns? 26 eight, touchdowns, eight, eight interceptions. Oh, he's just horrible. He's just terrible. You can't You can't work with that. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, that's just, that's just, you know, I'm being facetious as hell. But you can't work with that, right? right. All right, then. You know, it's, it's key moment. What are you, you mad because he got overpaid. All right. Who you going to get after that? Jason Stidham is your guy? Jason Stidham a Texan. I like him. Where is he from? Stephenville? Stephenville. Yeah, Baylor. Then Auburn. Oh, I like that kid, but he ain't Russell Wilson. Good luck with that. No, he just a guy. Good luck with that. And uh, well, it's not. Um, it's, I don't. I, not I know. Even. I know. Peyton is your guy and all that other stuff, but he can kiss my butt. No, no. no I'm sorry. He kissed my ass because I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him at all. I don't like what he's doing. I was a big Sean Payton fan. I mean, fan at when he was at New Orleans, right? And then he got on TV. Yeah, he was all right. Now he in the, he, what he doing to Russell? I can't. I can't stand it. It's all about some respect. Some integrity, all of that stuff goes through your team, you know. So you you dividing the locker room when half the guys want to say, "Hey, man, let's just get our stuff together. Let's let's uh, let's follow Russell. Come hell or high water, and we can get this thing going." And then you got half the team going, "Well, he he missed me on a couple of reads, or he ain't getting the ball out." Uh, coach got to coach got to pull all that together. Um. You know, the problem is that there are one, two, three, four, five teams at eight and seven. And uh, the Raiders and the Broncos are both at seven and eight. So if you win your last two games, go nine and eight. You got a shot to get in the playoffs. Uh, and now they're not, they're not taking that opportunity. And they got the Chargers and the Raiders. So it's not like you have, you know, the Ravens and the Dolphins or somebody. You got two teams. Oh, I shouldn't say the Dolphins since they got beat by since, well, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying. They got winnable games at the end. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're not taking them because they on the chance that Russell Wilson might get hurt is, uh, you know, whenever I say it like this, I'm, I say it in the sense of, so they, are, they have told one of the most loyal fan bases in the National Football League that we're not trying to win. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the bottom line. We're not trying to win. Now, check this out. 
How many games has Russell Wilson missed in his NFL career, which is 12 years? Man, I can't think of any. Maybe five? Man, that's a good guess. Uh, He didn't miss any his first eight years in the league. He missed two in 2021. He missed one last year. And it could have been, you know, I don't know what the circumstances were. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's missed one this year. So he's missed four games. In a 12-year career, he's not a guy who gets hurt, all right? Remember, half the time, he slides. <laughs> so it's just uh, – but, you mean, to me, when you say that to your fan base, but you continue to charge them full-price tickets and everything else, you're just taking a dump on your fan base, man. Yep. And uh, they don't care. Yep. And it's their right not to care. But, you know, it's just uh, – it's a bad deal. And uh, I get it, what you're trying to do, but the way you pulled it off. And how about this? And, you know, the NFL is notorious for this, and people, fans act like it's okay. Like, they don't care. They don't get it. Like, they came to him several weeks ago and said, hey, if you don't change your contract, we're going to cut you. Yep, and basically, Russell said, fuck y'all. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he said. Like, how are we going to negotiate a contract? We get a contract. Now, the term, you don't like the term. Now, you want me to change it to help you. Man, get out of here. I ain't changing that. Cut me. If you want to, I don't care. I'll find another gig somewhere. And they well within his rights to do that. But the NFL does this all the time, man. Hey, because this is how it works, Joe. Hey, Joe, we paid you this contract, man. You've been averaging 1,200 yards. You only had 800 this year. Uh, I know you're supposed to make a million. We're going to cut you to 500,000. And it don't matter how the 800 was made, whether it wasn't your fault or not. Your numbers numbers wasn't right. Now, check yeah. this out. We're going to redo your contract, man. We're going to pay you 500 this year. Okay, I don't want to take my kids out of school. So, all right, I'll, I'll take that. Next year, you go for 1400 Yeah. Hey, can I get my money back? Nope. Well, no, you got a contract, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you signed the contract, and we don't – it would send a bad signal to restructure your deal. What, what about everybody else every time they yeah. have one good year? That's how they do it, man. It'd just be crazy to me. Well, <laughs> that's in the, why in the, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, and that's why I tell players, get what you can get. Zach Martin. That's why he held up. <laughs> yeah. Get, I'm going to get what I'm going to get because the moment I can't, y'all going to hit me. So that's it. Well, I'm, I'm thinking this. In the history of the NFL, I'm trying to think of any time where it's been beneficial for a coach to run off a franchise-type quarterback. You know, Jimmy pretty much got Marino out of there. Uh, right. Belichick did it wrong in Cleveland when he got rid of Kozar. He did it right in uh, in um, New, England? New England when he got rid of uh, number 11, right. Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe. So, you know, when McMahon left Chicago, that was a mess. For both of them, McMahon never did anything, and Dicker never did anything. And you start, you sometimes these coaches go crazy, and they run off that guy, and nothing happens. And I think that's where that's where uh, Sean Payton is headed. He can't he so he don't have he can't work with Russell at all. You know, you can't adjust your system. You can't do none of that. It's it's almost like to me, it's crazy. It's almost like I just don't like you. And it's just no, I that. Think I, think that's, I think that's a lot of it. You got to understand that, uh, and here's what I mean, is where did Sean Payton come from? He really ought to build Parcells' tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what did Bill Parcells detest uh, more than anything? A, quote, celebrity quarterback. 
you know, Parcells got these rules for quarterbacks. He's got to be a battlefield commander. He can't do this. He can't do that. He can't be a celebrity, da-da-da-da-da. And so I think Sean just bought into that. He saw uh, Russell Wilson as the antithesis of what he wanted in a leader. Yeah, but Parcells, Parcells worked with what he got. Remember, he took, a, he took a team with Quincy Carter and went to the damn playoffs. This I'm is what saying. happens. I'm just when saying, people work with nah. what you got. You got to make adjustments and all of that. I, I, I know you know. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying yeah. this, this guy here is. That's some, you know, your point is well taken, sir. But that dude is garbage. I, I'm, he, he pissed me off so bad, man. You just can't. You understand that shit got under my skin just seeing him <laughs> yell at Russell like that, and I'm going, man, man, on the inside. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I got a little room in my head that when somebody rude to me or they stupid, I just take them in that little room and whoop their ass. That hmm. saved a lot of people's lives over the years. You, know, you got to have that. <laughs> well, you know, when you're in, when you in, you in basic training and some five-foot-four drill sergeant tell you you ain't shit. Right. You know the drill sergeant told me the first time? He goes, you look like a, what did he say? He said, you look like an unmotivated blob of shit. <laughs> Damn. That's what he said, and I was like, "Okay." And in my mind, I developed this his little guy looked like Dan Marino, drill sergeant Mayo. He wasn't even my drill sergeant. He told me that, and I was thinking, "Man, if we was on the block, I would just tear your ass up." And then, basically, I developed a little room that I dragged people into, and they kicking and screaming, and they get their ass whooped. That's why I ain't never went to jail. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All that to say. That Russell, please, Russell, I hope you had a little room to take Sean Payton to and whoop his ass because he ain't big at all. And he talking all that shit. You, how you going to yell at the man? Like, I'm sorry, man. I ain't mean to go on and on about that shit, but how you going to yell at the man like that? How you going to talk to a man like that? Are you going to be talked to like that in front of a, a thousand people, in front of 80,000, 100,000, in front of the whole world? You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, right, right, right. Uh, if you, if the, the people I work for, if I was pissed, I would go in there and I would close the door. And that's how I learned to discuss stuff in the service and the company that I work for. If I got something to say that's going to be out of pocket, you can talk to me out of pocket, but it's behind closed doors. And that's how you deal with that. So, yeah, I don't mean to rant. I mean, it ain't Costco talk, but I'm just saying, hey. <laughs> That shit right there rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it rubbed a lot of people wrong, whether you like it or not. And Parcells would not yell. Fit. He would yell at people. Now, he would. you wouldn't make it to the damn. When you was walking off the field, you wouldn't make it to them numbers. You wouldn't make it to the hash. And he was yelling. But that guy an established quarterback. He ain't yelling at Phil Sims like that. He ain't up in his face right. like that. You know, Belichick didn't do that. So, I don't know. He ain't he ain't Parcells. He's not Bill Parcells, dog. Well, no, I mean that was really my original point. Is a lot of these guys off a tree take the playbook, but don't understand that they're not the they're not the author of the book, and so they. I mean, it's it's why Josh McDaniels failed. Yeah, you know, his two yeah. places. Yeah, because you're trying to be Bill Bill Belichick, but you're not. <laughs> not at all. And so the things that he can do, you can't do. So uh, that's a little bit of it. But uh, we appreciate y'all during this holiday season hanging with us on uh, Jacques Talk. Uh, remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at uh, Jacques. No, I'm sorry. 
I had an old man moment. That's my old thing. At uh, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor on Twitter. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a great holiday season. Still got a couple of days left. Uh, don't forget, Greening Law makes this possible, as do my friends over there at Smokey John's Barbecue. So support them when, they, when you can because they support us. Uh, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, we appreciate you. Until we chat again, you guys be blessed.